Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and this is the show where we get to talk about sports business, that little intersection between them. And I got my man Adam Gray with me today. Adam, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are we doing, Mike? Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Pleasure is all mine, brother. The pleasure is all mine. Adam is a former Division I golfer at the State University of Rutgers. Let's go. Rutgers University currently at Virtual Force working on investor relations and also still enrolled at Rutgers in their Masters of Communication and Media Studies program. So we appreciate you there, Adam. And as I was just telling you before, I honestly had no idea. Went to Rutgers for two years, graduated from there um, out of the business school, which was great. I had had no idea Rutgers had a golf program. So sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. None taken, none taken. Good stuff, man. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about golf, um, how golf and business work together in a couple different ways. I mean, we all kind of know the cliche ways that they go together, right? So we might touch upon those a little bit later, but really excited that that mental aspect of golf, how you're able to take advantage of that, use it, move forward with it, and, and really start to crush business. And I know you work with nonprofits as well, so we'll, we'll be able to talk about that. But Adam, first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Well, it's always been like an escape for me, really. And I, when I, before I uh, found my passion in communication and public relations, investor relations, marketing, and that whole kind of umbrella, the only thing I really knew that was that was like my drive, my passion was 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 golf, and really not so much just golf, but just like sports in general. I was I was big, big into tennis, big into skiing. Still, am I still am big into skiing. I've been skiing longer longer than I've been golfing, but. It's just like it's just a nice escape where you really can just focus on yourself and the and the and the task at hand, and it's just kind of a it's just like it's like an aptitude test for your physical ability, and I think that's awesome. And especially when you're doing something that you really enjoy, and you're like hanging with your pals who really enjoy it as well, and you get to k- get to kick their butt at it, or they kick your butt. It's 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 fun. It's really really it's really fun, and it gives you something something outside of um, just the kind of the professional life now looking now looking at it from more of a professional scope it's it's just something to get away from all the stressors in life and and it's also just for all the camaraderie to bring people together and also just to test yourself because I mean it's it, there's not many ways to really test your physical ability other than like sports nowadays and working out and whatnot so I think that's a great great way I, I think that is an awesome way to look at it too, especially, you know, as you said, you, there, there's that competitive nature with your friends and the other people, but there's also that competitive nature with yourself. And then there's the competitiveness against nature itself, right? You know, all yes. these courses are gorgeous. So I'll also be upfront and honest with you here. I am not a fan of playing golf. I'm absolutely terrible at it. I shank everything and it very quickly becomes not fun for me, but I love golf courses that there's that 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 green the driving golf carts who the heck doesn't like doing that yeah and hand awesome up too. i'm usually the guy in the cart handing out the beers to everyone <laughs> so that's my other favorite part fourth of july weekend's coming up so we might as well enjoy that but no i mean i i just i'm terrible at it and i'm the kind of person if i'm really really bad at something i have want nothing to do with it but anytime a buddy of mine says hey you want to go golf 100 percent, i'm there Absolutely. Yep. Let me drive the car and we're good to go, man. I'll have a blast. So it's always really funny kind of how that works, I guess. For you, when did when did the love of the sport golf really start? Well, first of all, you made a great point about like the courses, the love for the golf course. The one really unique thing about golf, um, and it's like also with skiing, let's say, but it's like when you when you go to a basketball tournament, when you go to a baseball field, 
they're all the same. I mean, yes, they're in different locations, but they're all regulation standard uh, to keep it a level playing field. Whereas with golf and skiing, but since we're talking about golf, it's like you get a new platform every single time you step foot. And I mean, unless you're playing the same course, but then you have the different elements because it's just a different course every single day. The pins can be in different places, so you can have different shots into different holes. It's just constantly changing and evolving, and you have to take so many confounding variables in it and put it into one just like swing while also just blocking all that out and just focusing on just executing. It's a hard balance, and that's what makes it really cool. And it's just a different experience and every single time. But um, to answer your question, sorry for that detour, but to answer no, your no, question. I like that. That's a good detour. That's a great one. I like that. Thank you. But to answer your question about um, when I first like found the love for golf, I, that's a very good question because I started playing when I was three years old, really. My dad just kind of gave me a club. I just have like this picture of me like sleeping with a golf club, like you, <laughs> typical, I guess, of, of, uh, of the athlete. And we just started banging balls uh, in my backyard until I could hit them across the street and become a danger. And then we went to the range and we used to uh, go to TPC Avenel and just kind of watch guys coming in while we were uh, sitting on the grass uh, in, his old, in his old Miata. And so I think it was just like being around the game when I was uh, a sponge of cells uh, was really kind of what latched me on. It was just kind of meant to be kind of since uh, my dad introduced me to the game. He didn't really force it on me. And I was just always kind of around it, always watching it. And I love the variety. Like I was saying, it's different every time. And that's what I really, really love. It is it is really interesting. Again, when you know talking about the courses, not only are they in different places, but there's different elements. And not only is it different elements, but even if you play the same course and you know where all the bunkers are, you know where all the water is, as you said, the the pins change or there's different weather. We know wind affects this stuff a lot too, right? Or if it's very yes. dry, maybe the, yes. the the greens and the fairways roll a little differently. So it's, it is really interesting how even if you play, you know, you're never going to play the same course twice, even if you go to the same place every single day. Uh, exactly. So it's really, it's really interesting how that works. And you, I, I like the point you make. I mean, just kind of, you know, just banging balls, man. Who doesn't like hitting stuff with stuff, especially when exactly. you're really young? It's it's just fun to do that. And, you know, once you start to get a little better at something and you start to develop that swing, and as you said, you start hitting across the street. Okay, now now we don't want to break anybody's windows like <laughs> the driving range, you know. And and there is this, you know, especially with golf, it's, it's always funny because it's such a relaxed sport. You know, watching it on TV, you got Jim Nance's really nice low-tone voice, and it's perfect. And, you know, you're watching these guys, and it's really quiet, and it's fun. And then you go out with your friends who who are terrible and they start like getting crazy and snapping <laughs> throwing stuff everywhere. And it's like, what are we doing? This is supposed to be relaxing. But it's really interesting because the mental side, it's it's so much more mental. Obviously, there's a physical involved. I mean, Tiger Woods did what? He won the US Open or British Open on a torn ACL or something. Broken leg. Well, yeah, I walked like 18 miles, both hills. 08, 08 Open at Torrey Pines. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got me. Um, so it's, it's just interesting, like how much of the mental game when you're that young, how do you take on that side of the game? It's one thing to swing and hit stuff. That's fun. I love baseball, right? That's how I got into baseball. But the mental aspect of the game, you know, with baseball, it's it's just reaction. It's like, OK, here's the ball. Let me go get it. Or here's the ball. Let me swing and hit it with golf. It's 100% on you, 100% in your head. Mm -hmm. What is an eight-year-old, you know, what is eight-year-old Adam doing like when he's in that moment and really just trying to figure out this sport on itself? Well, um, first of all, it's like what you said, how it's like relaxed and then you go on the course with your buddies and it's completely different. It's like 
golf is whatever you really want it to make it to be. Like there's some rounds when I'm going out and playing like at, at Lakewood Country Club where I belong in Rockville, Maryland. Shout out to Lakewood. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's there's times when I'm like having a just a kind of a casual round with my dad and, and mother, and we're we're just kind of joking around, not too serious. But I'm like kind of I'm calm. And then there's the round when you're playing for money with your friends, and it's really intense. And there's trash talking, or it's like actual money, and you're not really, and you're kind of I serious. I was going to say, how much, how much money are we talking? Uh, it can range, and then, <laughs> and then it can it could be anywhere from like ten dollars a hole to one hundred forty four dollars a hole to whatever you want it to be. But hey, to each his own. But yes, exactly to each his own. Oh well, then you can go out by yourself and just have your tunes and like be as loud or as quiet as you want, or you can just be a complete like uh donkey and like not care at all and it's literally whatever you want it to be and that's another part of the beauty it can be any vibe which is awesome um so eight-year-old adam eight-year-old adam was when i actually just started uh competitive golf that's when i started playing in tournaments whatnot smart man um (laughs) so for me when i was eight-year-old adam trying to grasp the the mental game I was I was such a head case, man. I got so mad because I was I practiced a lot and I and I just have high expectations. And as a kid, it's like you expect to do expect it to work every time, and you just keep on kind of banging your head on the wall. And I just got angrier and angrier. And my dad would uh, kind of scold me and whatnot. And he taught me really quickly about how like it's not about it's not about your opponents it's about you and composing yourself because it's not like you can't control what your what your competitors are doing. Yes, you can in football. You can go hit them as hard as you want. In golf, they're they're a whole ahead of you. There, you can't move their ball or anything. It's just you and yourself, and you can you can only control the controllables. And the controllables is yourself, and you got to hold that to as best as possible, all while having fun. So, it, it eight year old Adam didn't really have a good mental grasp of the game. He more had just kind of talent and uh, and grit and uh, that competitive edge. And it's the learning curve that really kind of. Uh, of, of the next few years after that and getting into uh, thinking about like high school golf, the high school golf team. That's when I really started to grasp the mental game and, and then really playing for college golf and throughout college. And now even as an amateur, I'm still evolving like this. Probably this year is one of my biggest kind of uh, breakthroughs mentally of uh, trying to get to that next level throughout college was very difficult because it's just I got kind of blurried in my of my vision of what I was trying to achieve. And it seems like all the all the best players in the world have have the best swings. They know their swings, blah, 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 blah. I was playing swing. I was not playing the game. I was I was thinking too much about my swing, not just getting the ball in the hole. That's the thing. These guys just are able to get in the hole in the least amount of strokes. I mean, that's the name of the game. Nobody cares about how it looks. There's no pictures on the scorecard. All all those sayings. And it's a big learning curve. And eight-year-old Adam, he did not have any of those learning curves. <laughs> he, hey, he, it took man. a while. But, I, but what I did have was um, when I played well, I mean, you're not really getting mad. So it's just like I'd get hot and sometimes I'd be cold. So mm-hmm. and and so. I mean that's just kind of that's the name of most um that's the name of most games right it's just you know you you think so far into it you know what's the other super cliche and I love to say it all the times um uh, too close to the forest to see the trees yeah right like you, you you're you're way too enthralled or way too engrossed by a specific thing when you really kind of have to notice the the yeah all you have to do is get it in the hole who cares how it looks now obviously you need to know you don't want to just get lucky every once in a while granted i don't mm. really believe in the word luck too much but you don't want to <laughs> you know it to look hideous and 
you know, just sometimes do really well and sometimes not. You need the consistency aspect. But with that, you know, you brought it up a little bit with, you know, starting to grasp the mental side of the game, you know, high school. So we're talking 14 ish, 15 years old. How did that come about? And what were some of those first few things that you started to realize like, oh, no, I shouldn't be thinking about it like this. I should actually be just paying attention to these things and and getting out of my head and doing what I need to do again on the mental side of it. That's a great question. Um, So once I started kind of really seeing that I was like a solid player, I I won a lot of junior events uh, before high school and whatnot. And, um, and then I started getting kind of reached out by uh, Michael Fisher, coach Fisher at, uh, I don't know what he's doing now, but uh, he was my, my uh, high school golf coach at Winston Churchill. And he just kind of reached out to me, had me come to uh, tryouts, even though I was in eighth grade, he had me come to tryouts um, for the high school team. And it it really exposed me to kind of um, the vibe of uh, like a more like a mature tournament setting when people are trying to qualify things are on the line. Mm -hmm. And I just saw um, a lot of these players all kind of, they're all vanilla. Everybody was just kind of even keeled. I mean, sure. There's the, the people who didn't make it, who were just like head cases or just weren't very good. And that's just, how it goes, but the people who kind of uh, met, made it to the top, um, even at that like as low of a level as qualifying for your high school team, you just saw that for the most part they're pretty even keeled. I I say just playing vanilla, not too many highs, not too many lows, and that really resonated with me. Um, and I just kept in in specifically Luke Shap. He played for UVA. He was my teammate as well on uh, at uh, Churchill in high school. He, he was probably the most boring guy to watch, but he'd shoot 36 and he'd like, his go. swing looked kind of eh. And I was like, I was like, what the hell? I'm hitting, I'm swinging it hard and hitting it past him and blah, blah, blah. But that's like the learning curve. You got to play with people. You got to play with people that are better than you in order to like kind of improve. And that's, and it's, it's a lot of just exposure mm-hmm. because you got to, you just got to get reps in with golf. Golf is so hard and it's so much experience and you can't, you really can't just learn the game on your own. You need to learn the game from the community, from those surrounding you, from those who introduce you to the game, and just people who are better than you. So, yeah, watching watching Luke really helped me. I mean, he just kind of – it looks like he didn't even give a crap when he was playing, but but he's like here he's making like stringing nine pars in a row. I'm like, okay, I shot 41, he shot 36. What's up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that's just, you know, kind of growing and being mature too and understanding that – Usually, you know, as uh, and we'll talk a little bit about it later, probably, but being even keel, being vanilla is actually like super, super useful in business. Yep. You never really want to. And in most aspects of life, honestly, you never really want to get too high because that the, the best highs, that's not where you're going to live at every day. You don't want to get nope. too low because uh-huh. the lowest of lows is not where you're going to live at every day. You probably have to keep it closer to that middle and keep that roller coaster just a little bit more, I guess, boring, for lack of a better term. Exactly. That's most likely going to be an easier ride up than just these huge peaks and valleys, which is not very fun either. But with that, I guess the other aspect of the maturity too is is really learning from those ahead of you, right? Or learning from others around you, surrounding yourself with really good people. Again, this is another le- business lesson. That's why yep. I'm excited we're going to have this conversation. It's surrounding yourself with smart people and utilizing it. So I guess throughout high school, how were you able to keep those, you know, get better at, you know, not being a head case, your words, not mine, uh, and, and kind of get that roller coaster to be a little bit more boring. And how were you able to soak up that information? You know, as you were saying, you were a sponge when you were eight, soaking up the game. How did you then start to soak up more of the, the, the personalities, I guess, of the people around you to, again, keep yourself a little more even keel? 
So first off, I'll I'll say like harping back on what I was saying, boring golf is good golf. Fairways, greens, obviously that's like that's so general and cliche, but that's very true. Um, now, when I was in middle school uh, and whatnot, um, I was I played on municipal courses, like public courses, like pretty much since I was until until high school. And thank, thank you, dad. <laughs> thank you, dad, for he, he realized that I had some potential. And he was like, all right, we got to get you into a place with a little bit better facilities, a little bit more challenging courses, and just better players. That was the main thing. Like I'm playing every weekend and during the week by myself, but every weekend with my dad and his buddies who are older, and they just are weekend warriors. That's not going to really like push me that much. I'll be they'll I'll think I'm I'll think I'm great every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I needed a little bit little bit of a reality check and. He uh, got us into Lakewood Country Club, and that's where I started meeting, um, started seeing like uh, current college players at that time. Anyways, but the more, more of the people kind of like were in my age range, like this kid Justin Feldman, Josh Jacobs, Ben Lieberman. These are all kids who kind of uh, were aspiring to be college, and then went on to play college and whatnot. And now they're doing whatever they're doing. But just being around that, playing the games with them, playing playing match play with them, not not so much playing stroke play and worrying about every shot, but just being in a match and having every single hole be intense. And, um, that, that was really interesting. And, um, I think mostly that it was, it was just being beaten, being beaten and seeing and seeing what parts of their game was just better than mine and starting to take, uh, starting to take st- like stats of my rounds. Cause I saw that they're doing stats. It's just like, being around people who are better that I, I can't harp like harp on that enough. Cause that will, that will solve your problem. I can, I could go on and say like the minute, the little things like how I started taking statistics of my round and whatnot, how I started doing like a wedge, like, like wedge, uh, a wedge clock system to like, make sure I, w- I had my 75 yard, 80 yard and a hundred yard wedge swing. It's just being around those who are better. And then you'll see you'll, you're, you're like humans are social creatures. You just need to go and be around it and you'll, you'll see and you'll catch on to things like exactly like taking statistics of my round. I saw that Justin was doing that. And I was seeing that I was hitting less than half the greens per round for nine holes, let's say. And he was hitting, maybe missing a couple. And then it's like me not being as, uh, as knowledgeable of the game. It's like the gears start to turn. I'm like, I'm like, man, if I just hit like nine greens, I don't have to putt nearly as good. It's like I was a, I was a streaky putter, and it's like I'd play well when I was putting well because it's like I'd hit a couple greens, and when I hit the green, I'd make the putt usually. And then I would, and then um, now I'd luckily get up and down, but maybe not. And so it's it's really about this that it's it's getting beaten and being exposed to uh, that whole entire uh, community. It's like with. Mm-hmm. With with business and whatnot, with with cars, which I'm very avid about, I learned so much about um, the VW community um, since I've joined Facebook groups over the past couple of years because uh, I like to tune my VW MK7 GTI. Thanks VW, <laughs> but it's just like that. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, again, you're you're completely right. Humans are social creatures, and we should be around each other, learning and and soaking that information up from each other. I think that's one of the most important things we can do, and that's also why we're such storytellers. That's why I love having these conversations because I get to hear all these stories about Ben Lieberman. Shout out Ben. I hope he's doing really well, right? <laughs> he's he's like, like learn- currently getting his math major at USC. Good good kid. Good or him, math man, math awesome. masters, sorry. Ooh. All right, not messing yeah, around. He's, math he's, he's a genius. Right? He played at Muhlenberg. Yeah. He was very particular, and I saw that in his game. He was like kind of like a mathematician the way he approached the game. And it's just like 
the way everybody approaches the game, it's kind of like you get you take all that in, and then you kind of make it into your own. Mm-hmm. And That's um, exactly what I was gonna say. yep, what's it called? I was just about to say something. Um, oh, sorry for you're, you're, no, no, no. Keep going, keep going. Okay, oh, I was okay. gonna say like it's it's oh, the important. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, you're good. You're good. The, the like and the most important thing is like you have to fail with anything if you're gonna get good. You have to suck. You have to fail. So and it's not about it's not about it's not about like oh you failed. It's about how you recover and how you re- react to that failure. I call it RTR, real time resilience. It's um it's being able to like shank a shot and then get up to that next one and be like look like I real not ignoring it and be like oh my god I just shanked it I just shanked it. It's like taking kind of getting a helicopter and getting a bird, bird's eye view and looking like yes I'm nervous I just shanked that shot yes I know this can happen again but I'm going to put all my energy into mm-hmm. the task at hand and not my nerves. And that's real time. Like that's just a short example of real time resilience and being able to just bounce back. And it's just like the reaction to failure. Mm-hmm. I think failure is great. You need to fail. Life is filled with failure. And the more and more comfortable you be- become with failure, the more and more resilient you'll be and the more eager you're going to be to, to try new things. I mean, mm-hmm. I just started, I just started busing tables a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, I can't do that anymore because of Corona spikes, RIP. But um, it's just like, I didn't really want to do it, but I was like, why not? It's like, you get to really see the world, get to meet new meet new people. It's just like a completely different uh, venture for me. And it's something small like that where, sure, I, sure it didn't go as well as I wanted to. I, I made only like some money, but it's just like, look, now I can look back on that. Just little mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I'm a huge advocate for every single person in at some point in their life working in the service industry because I feel like uh, I worked in a restaurant for about ten years. Wow! And and you know the people who have never worked a restaurant in a restaurant a day in their life. It's it's very that's easy to so spot true. those people. So, uh, it's it. I think it, I'm a very big advocate for that, but I think that's a whole other conversation. Because uh, as I said, I pretty much grew up in restaurants. My yeah. mom worked in them. My, my uncle's in my uncle's gonna like have all of his kids in that in the restaurant Good. pipeline because he he does a. He's a GM for uh, a general manager for like uh, mm-hmm. dealerships, but throughout his uh, his um, younger life, um, he ran a bunch of restaurants and whatnot. And he said that's where he learned like everything. <laughs> people skills. You learn how to deal with multiple different people and their personalities adversity. all at once. A lot of all, adversity. So much adversity, and also it's a lot of failure. Just in like little, of, yeah, it's exactly yep. it's like anything in life. You and think they, not. You think giving someone the wrong omelet's not that big a deal until you oh, give the a, wrong <laughs> person the wrong omelet, and it's a very, very big deal. Um, I think r- routinely, uh, server, waiter, waitress is um ranked as one of the most stressful jobs. Now, I personally don't feel stressed that much. Like that's just kind of one of my things. I don't know if it's that's your home. Yeah, well, that's, whatever, it's like that's your home. I love know? it. Like yeah. I've, I've, I kind of thrive on that stuff. So I loved being a waiter and working in a restaurant and kind of just like, it's all reactionary. It's just figuring out, okay, something's messed up. Well, we can't, yeah. we can't go back in time and fix it, but we exactly. can move forward and try and fix it. Like what you were talking about. Real-time the RTR. Yeah. Real time. I, I was coming back. I was coming back. But um, I no, that. man, I think <laughs> I, I like how you look at it too, because it's really important to understand again, comparing it to business. And obviously we just did with, with restaurants, but being able to, take something understand okay i i messed this up can't do anything about it now uh, there's really no point in thinking about the negativity of it but what we can do is we can take a better step forward we can try and correct as much as we did wrong last time and just do it better the second time so i think that's one of the most important things you know about golf and again that mental aspect is we see it on tv all the time you, you want to watch people melt down 
watch the final nine of a, a, a Sunday with me, you know, sit, sit on my couch with me and we can kind of laugh at those dudes and those I ladies together because I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's great television. That is real reality TV, watching these dudes in front of your face melt down. Like I don't like it, but I love it. Oh, it's, the, ulti- it's, the, ulti- it's the ultimate display of, hu- of humiliation at yep. the greatest degree. And that's yep. what, that's, what's so beautiful about golf. I mean, it'll expose you. You go take a guy – if you really want to see how a person is for, like, business, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, go take the guy to the golf course. But, like, yeah, you can really gauge how they are. If they're giving themselves three-footers and whatnot or they miss them and say, oh, yeah, put me down for par. I mean, that's just, like, a little inkling of how mm-hmm. they might be. It's like if they're if they're, if they're, if they're holding out every every single putt uh, and getting the job done and whatnot, it's just, like, it's it's a little in, – it's indications of what mm-hmm. it's, what's to come and whatnot. And – um. But like you said, failure. Um, another another person I could uh, another person I could um, refer to is like Paul Yang at Method Automotive. He's my mechanic. He's he's a genius. But it's like he's built so many engines and whatnot, and he's done so much stuff that at this point it's just like for fun. It's like mm-hmm. he's just like, how can I figure out this challenge? But to get there was so much failure. And then looking back on that failure and being like, oh, that's right. This O-ring doesn't go here. Oh, that's right. This piston and rod is whatever. It's just like mm-hmm. looking back on the experiences. And like for me, um, a huge thing for me is like not finish – like the 18th hole, I kind of like relax. It's like I, it's like you with golf, you can never relax like in tournament rounds really. Mm-hmm. You just can't really relax. You always have to be focused. I mean you can relax in between shots. But I'm saying – with each shot, you cannot relax because until the last putt is hold. Because I would come up to 18, I'd be like, ah, I'm one under, like mm-hmm. I'm playing well. And then I'm just like kind of thinking about like finishing him being like, ah, oh, I shot one under or something. Mm-hmm. Or thinking about like the trophy that it's at hand or something. And then it's like you're not 100% focused. And if the, if you're 99% focused but not the 100, that 1% can – with the game of mar- with the game mm-hmm. of margins as golf, that one percent could be a degree of loft that makes you hit it a little far right, and then you're in the water, and then you're walking away with bogey or double or even worse. Mm-hmm. It's like you really got to control those controllables, like I said. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's always very interesting. You know, again, it, it, I, I like the way you said it. It's it's the how do you say the the fine? I, I think I'm going to paraphrase, but the finest form of public humiliation. Oh, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it, golf will humiliate anybody and everybody. Like you see, um, you see all the uh, what's it called, Tom Brady or uh, whoever I forget, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Tony Tom, Romo, Tony Romo. Yeah. He's like the big the yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady sucks at golf. Yeah, he that sucks. was pretty bad. But that it was, was pretty bad. I was, no, it's fun it, to watch. But, that was yeah, awesome. Was but like bad. Tony Romo, like for example. He's like actually a golfer, mm-hmm. and he's like played in um corn ter- the- corn fairy oh, tour events, and like plays in pro ams. Yeah, he's like he's gotten some like actual exemptions into them just because he turned around to get yeah. like viewing up and whatnot, which is another co- talk for later because that could be viewed as con- controversial. Uh-huh. But anyways, so it's like that guy. He's he's a world class athlete, or Tom Brady who has six rings, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. like one of the best athletes in the world and just like getting over a tee shot will make them shake like they've never shaken in their Mm -hmm. life it's just like the ultimate yeah it's it's the ultimate uh humiliator (laughs) it's fun to watch man i mean obviously the masters last year where tiger ended up winning it i mean he shouldn't have won that like i mean i was watching like brooks kepka missed a putt on 17 but no that's the thing that's the thing i know he should have won that he should not exactly it's like all those people all those people felt the tiger effect. Mm-hmm. It's not yep. it's not that everything aligned for them. 
it's that they lost. It's that 99%. They were 99% there, but Tiger just had 100% focus on every little thing. And it's like, what's it called? You're, you're, um, what's it called? Uh, Molinari, Francisco, yeah. Francesco Molinari. You're standing on T. It's like, you're standing on third, on 12 at Augusta National, like at Amon Corner. You're just standing there with Tiger Woods. It's like, not that he made a bad swing or anything, or it's it's just the situation. Mm-hmm. It's that Tiger's yep. there, and it's like focus. It's the focus. There's one percent that he lost, or, or Brooks Kepler missed that putt. It's like, man, maybe if he just like got up and hit that putt and didn't think so much about it, or maybe if he took back and and really analyzed it. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's like maybe he should have took that extra sip of water so his brain had full concentration. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. crazy. Maybe and maybe Tiger was just had that much more edge because he was chewing on CBD gum. Hey, maybe <laughs> like that's he did that entire week. Hey man, that Whatever crazy. Works. That caused that caused such a commotion. Um, and then you see, and, yeah, Tiger chewing gum like the whole week. They're like, "What's in that gum? What's in that gum?" And oh. then you see like Phil like taking a vial of CBD oil and going like this on the course <laughs> and whatnot. And now you see Bubba's sponsored by uh, CBD One or CBD Med or something. And it's just like any edge and mm-hmm. anytime you just like anytime you lose that edge over it's like just in that shot you can you can your mind can think about whatever you want in between those and from the walk from there too which is a bad thing because you can be then yeah. be thinking negative things and that's what makes mm-hmm. it so hard but it's like like myself i found it, it's like if i could just really really put 100 percent focus on this like three footer so i just guarantee i make it because if i'm if i'm thinking like i'm thinking I'm like oh i have this in the bag but it's just like you have that one percent loss of focus. That's like a minuscule change in the putter alignment, and then it's mm-hmm. like that's a lip out because this game is just so so screwy, <laughs> like mm-hmm. all other games, it's, but like especially is, golf. <laughs> when you take a step back and think about it, it's like all right, you're gonna start four hundred and change yards away, and you're expected to get the ball, which is like <laughs> this big, into a hole, which is like that big, in about four <laughs> shots. Let's call it. <laughs> Like when you really think about it, the game makes absolutely no sense. Like oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Game. It's a stupid game. <laughs> a lot of people love it. I love watching it. As I was telling you before, I, li- I like betting on it, making a couple of fantasy lineups, winning some money. I'm all for it. So there's no, it's awesome. It. And that it's awesome. And it. it's like, man, because golf is such a funny game like that. It's such a funny and fickle and weird game like that. Like you get such a dark horse to just go out there and make you some <laughs> serious money through DraftKings or stuff like that. Okay. And that's also then like, look at, like Jordan Spieth, where the hell's he been? I mean, like yeah. that's unfortunate. He, he he's like two... in what the Masters it was, right? No, Man. he's he, yeah, he did crumble that one time, but oh, he has two he, he has two jackets. But I'm saying, like in the past couple of years, like he's he's mm-hmm. a multi-time major winner and has an open or he has two Masters and in an open, and here he is, like not even top. Mm-hmm. I don't know in the world, and so it's just like crazy it's a very 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 mental and i I also want to go back to a point that you made before you know talking about how you you can really find out a lot about somebody when you do go golf with them and you were saying like is it are they within three feet and they say pick up and you know okay give me a par like the thing about golf that makes no sense and you hear everybody complain about it and i think everybody at some point has been um guilty of this is like oh they're cheating it's like well how do you really cheat in golf unless you move your ball you're just kind of giving yourself less strokes you're literally just lying to yourself because this game is you versus the course you versus yourself i never understood that aspect you've golfed many more times with many many more people why do you think so many people are comfortable with just saying oh yeah no i shot four and everyone else is like i don't know man i I counted like eight like what are you talking about like why are so many people just comfortable with it and just essentially lying to themselves and and everyone around them when we all know including themselves 
that it is a blatant lie. It's because people want it too bad. People, it's like it's like things in life. It's just like greed. It's like people sometimes want things too bad, and they'll just like go take it. They'll people that people like rob, people steal, and also people just cheat their way through lie their life. I mean, like that's kind of how it is, and that's just like a little. It's just like a little indicator of how how they might kind of like cheat their way through life, not cheat their way through life, I mean, mm. but just like no, I know you know, like an, a representative of that. It's like it's just like. It's like when you're when you it's like uh, having your parents like buy you your first car or something or, or buy you like a, a Mercedes as your first car or something or or it's like how people how car people say it's it's built not bought. It's like mm-hmm. did you really earn it or did you just kind of buy it and just put it down or not or just like grant it to yourself mm-hmm. because you think yeah. so. So it's it's very it's very interesting how you see people react and also then also it's like takes into account like handicap there's sandbaggers and then there's like I, for, I forget there's a term for like reverse like the opposite of the sandbagger mm-hmm. someone who's like someone who thinks that they're better than they really are and it's like you could see the handicapper the sandbaggers it's like they're playing it so they can like so they can beat you it's like two different types of cheating it's like mm-hmm. yeah. i'm gonna boost my handicap up so i get more strokes and beat you and be like well i played well today i'm a 13 but i shot 75 yeah. <laughs> like oh, oh okay dude, I, love, I love those people and then, and, so, then and then it bites you in the butt it bites you in the butt then there's the people who are like overly competitive like like man no like if i was focusing i would have made that putt and then it's like all right well you put down uh, like you end up doing that a couple of times around and you end up with a 79 when you should be shooting like an 85 and then you don't get strokes in some type of event where it actually matters and the handicaps being involved. And then it's like, if you don't, then you look like an idiot because you're going to lose every time. So yep. it's just, it's so funny. It's such a gray area, man. It's, it is too funny. So my cousin works for a, a golf uh, tech company and they run events a lot and I'll occasionally go help them. Cause I've, I mean, I've been to winged foot like 15 times at this point. Really? I love it. My father and I are playing in a uh, tournament there at the end of July. I am well, hopefully stoked. Right, be- right, before, that- right before the one week before the US Open, which will be unreal. Whoa, there yes. we go. Yeah. yeah I've been, so, so I've been to a lot of places uh, that people would get jealous about, unfortunately. So much I, Jersey I, golf. So yeah, much I don't Jersey really, golf. I was I just spoiled because I like golf. it. It's so nice. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so I've been to Wingfoot so many times. And, you know, these guys, they come in and they're all. Um, you know, they'll come up and they'll just be like, oh, I, you have my handicap down as like an 11, but I'm actually a 14. And we're just like, okay, cool. And then we change it. And then we come back and we look at their score and it's like, you you shot like, uh, what? Like, that's, you shot like a 50? Like, I don't think that's how it's supposed to work, man. Yeah. Like, you know, that's not how it works. And so we always laugh. And, but there's, then you hear all the rumblings of the pe- people around. They're just like, I don't know. Is their handicap supposed to be that loud? And then they get angry at us. And we're like, dude, what do we want us to do? Like, we're not moral authority. We're just yeah. running this event. But it's always just funny how many people and people of prominence, too. It's not like we're, we're running oh, yeah, events no. <laughs> for, for like, you know, some small company. It's like PricewaterhouseCooper. And they're they like have their executives there. And these dudes are just like clamoring over a single shot. It's like it's a charity event. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, let's go. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just like, all about it. It's, it's it's like it's the the handicap is the way that golf is not leveled. It's it's to make it it's to make it a level playing field. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, But like these guys. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to think what I was just about to say on that. You're good. No worries. Bad radio. So these guys who come in there and kind of kind of have this idea with uh, their handicap and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's just like 
golf doesn't care about your handicap at the end of the day. And it's what you, it's what you make. It's like I said earlier, it's what you make of it really. And it's mm-hmm. like, are you going to hold yourself to a standard? And it's like myself, like we're working remotely. I hold my, but I still hold myself to a standard because that's just kind of like how I am as a person. Mm-hmm. I hold myself to a standard with working out and whatnot, but like I could not be working at like 10 AM. I could just be kind of like twiddling my thumbs, but it's like, I hold myself to a standard. I hold myself to a standard to work out once every other day. And it's like, or, or once a day I hold myself to, it's like just how you hold yourself to a standard and go and like literally golf is like the standard that you hold yourself to and the way you like approach the game. If you're going to be an, if you're going to, if you're an honest person, a man of your word, and then you're going to show it through your golf game. It's yeah. like at the beginning of like one thing, like, here's a great example. I hate if like, if I'm not, if I like just run up to the tee, no, no practice swings, no, no range time or anything, but I'm playing in a match and then, but I'm it's like whatever and i hit my first tee shot and it's not a good one and it's kind of in the crap or something or it's in play but it's but i just they're just like oh breakfast ball like you can just because like it's that is nice and it is common mm-hmm. courtesy like that if you're if you're not practicing but it's like i'm playing for money and it's like at the end of the day at the if, if at the end of the round it's like mm-hmm. and i take my breakfast ball and then mm-hmm. it's like i only win by one shot or one hole it's like i'm thinking about i'm like I'm like, man, like, it's like, that could have, it's like, like, it just could have unraveled a completely different way. It's like, if you start out with a birdie or versus a par, it's just like completely sets the tone of your round, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you don't know. So you never know. Or or a bogey, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like sometimes starting with bogey can like kickstart you being like, okay, we need to like whip it into gear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's just like, it's things like that. It all kind of adds up and it's the way you really approach the game. And it's like what you make of it. Like, mm-hmm. do you want, do you want to be honest or, and do you hold your, hold, hold yourself to your standard or, and also at the same time, it's like how serious you are. Mm-hmm. If you're literally just going for fun, who whatever. cares? Yeah, exactly. it's whatever. You don't have to whatever. abide by any rules. That's the beauty of golf. You could literally cheat your way through the course and nobody's going to care. I mean, unless you're like playing with someone who will care, but, and yeah. also you can, you can go and not keep score because you just want to get outside. I mean, people just need to get outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, I mean, that's, I it's a great it's a great outlet for that there's too. a famous quote i think it's mark twain golf is just a long walk spoiled um that is, know, yeah, what is called, there's a good book called uh, a long yeah. walk spoiled is it is that what it is okay i thought yeah. it was a mark twain quote maybe i'm wrong but yeah. i mean yeah i mean it's 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 one of those things man if you just want to go outside and i mean i think what is it Coors light no free ads but i think Coors light has the awesome <laughs> commercial where it's just like yeah it's just a bunch of dudes they're literally just going outside oh, to drink dude. beer and like walk like yep. that's it and along the way as we were talking about you're before you're, on, way, it's just getting you're, just in the way. Hitting, you're just hitting stuff with stuff and you're having some fun doing it like why not yeah there, there, there needs but, to be kind of a redefinition or a new not a new narrative but like just a kind of adjusted scope of mm-hmm. golf since we're trying the game is like constantly kind of teeter-tottering between like growing and kind of declining yeah. because it's expensive takes time it's bad it for the kind it's of bad like, for an elitist attitude uh, yeah it has, it has it has a bad connotation it has a bad connotation just because of the history just because like that's how it is and then it's unfortunate um how the past was like that um and then you get like guys like renegades and like like tiger woods to completely change it. and you need mm-hmm. you and it's just like what's it called um like coors light is just like one one of many things that should be mm-hmm. done to help grow the game yeah. and it's like making there's like 12 whole courses that are being made now because mm-hmm. it just takes too much time and it's also and it's, it's also like it's less money to play because it's less money less money to maintain a 12 hole course but it's also like it's also like a, it's environment it's not really environmentally friendly to have a golf course because of all the water and whatnot yeah, yeah. 
So it's just like this, this, this is a good step. It needs to, it needs to have a redefinition of just making golf fun again and bringing new people in the sport and making it as inclusive as possible because it's just like, yeah, you're right. It's looked as a white elitist sport and because I mean, it was, it was birthed by like white elitist guys. Hey, that happens, I guess. It's just like anything. Like you could say like how, how this nation was found on like white people and like how people are saying systemic racism. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's a, that's another conversation we can have. Exactly. Uh, one of the, one of the many illusions of golf and life and business and anything. That's and, another great thing about golf. And the thing about that conversation specifically, uh, we can have a little bit of it here is, you know, if you love the game as much as you do, you want as many people to play it because that's how you're going to find the biggest and best talent, right? You go to a big school, you're going to find more talented people because the pool is a lot bigger. Like if you keep the game to a small number of people, as you said, and, you know, kind of keep it to this one specific crowd where every once in a while someone can break in, you're not getting the best possible golf. If you open this game up, make it a little bit more, opportunistic or and that's probably not the word i'm looking for make it a little bit more accessible there we go to a bigger crowd of people you're going to find more people that can play it from different backgrounds that will then be able to inject life and you know as we were saying before golf the the best golf is boring golf but also you were talking about kind of teetering on that growing and declining because the personalities suck like there's no one i love brooks kepka i think he's hysterical yeah, you need like so, like true like purists are going to be like, oh, Brooks Kepka, shut up, he's annoying, blah blah blah. But it's like you need Brooks Kepka because he's a figure that'll attract other people. You'll if he's the he's the non golf guy, golf guy. Mm-hmm. He's out there like it's like he's literally making. And sure, it might not not all be truthful. It's like I never practice, but it's like yeah. it's so fun that he's saying that he's like. I never practice. And then who goes on and has like how many majors? It's just yeah. like going to show. It's like anybody. It's just it's just like it's just this dude who's like. He's like going and winning stuff, or you can put like put like DJ Dustin Johnson on on uh, on mic, and he sounds like it sounds like he's brain dead sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that 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 event they had right before the the Tiger and um, oh Tiger the match Bell, the, the match. one with like Ricky and Ricky and uh, Wolf. Yeah, yeah. so you need that. You need that, and like Wolf, boring. shout out to Matt Wolf. He, I, I I went to I used to go to uh, George Jan- George Gankus. Shout out to George Gankus, one of the most revolutionary teachers of the game, and I'm still learning to this day and teaching myself because of just how his expertise. But Matthew Wolf, I met him. He's like one of the, I met him when he was before he was pro when he was at Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. and. I mean, first of all, man, is he a player? But second of all, man, is he, he's a great, great dude. He's just a good guy, and he's fun. And he's like, sure, he talks a lot, but you need that. You need people. You need personalities. Like Ricky's a personality, but he's like kind of past the whole orange phase. You need a new personality. Yeah. You need Matt Wolf to go out there and and trash talk and and post Instagram pictures of him like shaving handlebar mustache. Like you need yeah. that. It's just it's- like it's like with any other sport. It's like particularly like let's say. Um, with like football and basketball, you're constantly getting young guys in because it's a younger sport than golf, just because like there's a lot of like veterans and blah 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 and and what what and whatnot. But it's like you're constantly getting new personalities, and because because this is essentially like a business, it's a, it's all for revenue to keep keep golf going. We need people coming in and out of the system, like Zion. Zion mm-hmm. is just like he's a person. He, sure, he's a freak of nature and whatnot, but he's a personality. Like if you if you follow him on Instagram, Snapchat, I follow him on Instagram pretty pretty carefully, and it's like it's so much fun. 
And then, like, I'm not really big into uh, basketball, um, even though I used to play. I don't know how I was considered a center. I was a, I, I grew early. I grew early. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but um, it's just, like, that's gotten me engaged with the sport. And it's just, like, little things like that. It's whatever you can do for engagement, I think. And I think that's that's one thing that's really interesting and, and kind of weird about golf, too, right? So I'm also a pretty big Duke basketball fan. So shout out, Zion. Let's go. But, like, with golf, I mean, you have – it feels like, I mean, I'm 28. I don't remember a time where animal. there we go. <laughs> I don't remember a time where Phil and Tiger were not the two most popular people in golf, which isn't a problem, right? I also don't remember a time Tom Brady wasn't on the New England Patriots, but other people have come into the league since. I don't really feel like other golfers have come up and at least posed a threat to the popularity of Phil and Tiger, which I think is just such a weird way of kind of like that that just is weird to me that no one like everybody is just so boring you have a guy like brooks which is awesome but then as you said the purists try and kind of like tamper that down and the only way i know brooks kepka is so cool is because he goes on some of the podcasts that i listen to and i think he's hysterical other than that i have no idea about this guy i just know that he comes out for majors and doesn't really show up to everything else like after these interviews, I now like him a little more because I know who he is and his personality, but you're not going to get that from the Golf Channel or you're not going to get that from NBC, which doesn't make any sense to me. And that's a, you make a great point. And first of all, like, it's just been the past, uh, past, like, past decade, really, past five years, more and more so, where we've had these personalities come up, like JT. It's all the, it's, it's the young guys. Obviously, it's always the young guys because they're in the future. So it's like uh, Ricky Fowler, JT, Justin Thomas, Spieth when he was in his prime. Um, in his prime. Uh, in like his, I know. I, I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, he's, he's going to come back. And then Wolf. But then it's like you guys, you got to have like guys who are like, who are like <laughs> kind of rude, like, uh, like Patrick Reed. You need to have that. Sure, he's like, sure, there's a lot of accusations, whatever. Maybe he did do things in the past, but like. He's still he's still a man of man of the game. He's still a student of the game, and he contributes to the conversation. And it's like you got to listen to the conversation surrounding your brand as the PJ Tour, and the PJ Tour constantly kind of has this in discussion with Patrick Reed and whatnot, controversy and people talking crap about Patrick Reed. That's great. You need to have that. And um, what you said, and like what you're doing right here, you're part of the solution for uh for growing the game like no laying up uh is a great podcast where they have like people who you just like see like you think that they're boring but it's like and you don't really get that much in-depth stuff but it's like webb simpson mm-hmm. um the one of the weirdest swings on tour yet one of the most successful swing and most successful dudes it's like you have him on for an hour and it's like you learn all about him and you learn that he's a jokester and you learn that he's a fun guy blah 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 you learn all these things mm-hmm. and then it's like they're making more effort pj tours making more effort I mean, like, like, uh, not, not thanks to COVID, but like, because of COVID, um, with no, no fans out there, it's like, finally get their, they get their head out of their butts. It's like, mic these guys up. You're, you have the best players in the world. Mic them up. It's like so cool to listen and, and to even hear them say curse words. That's awesome to see that they're human. Is just, that, you, don't, you don't just see the action figure who swings and makes putts and because that's all you see is just like through the lens. <laughs> And I think that that's twofold, right? So the people like you who love the game of golf, you want to hear them talk about the strategy. You want to hear them talk about kind of think through the process and what they're trying to do and how they're trying to do it. Me as, and I'm sure you also like the side I like. I mean, we can both appreciate. I want to, it. Like, I want to hear both of it. I want to hear exactly. them. Hear I want to hear, going, I want to hear what they do yeah. after the round. I want to hear who gets drunk as hell and like shows up the tea time and still shoots a good round. I want to hear. 
who like who's like wearing the same shirt for weeks upon end or something just any any little tour story is so fun and the amount of like like morsels of like gems of knowledge that are out there and it's like even through just like kind of interviewing the older guys because it's like you kind of bring back the OG days, but you hear the stuff that you never really got to hear about, which you kind of get to do now. It's just like constantly reviving the conversation and getting anything you can just to keep it interesting. Cause I mean, like if you're not really playing golf, it's like, it's like has such not a negative stigma, but it has such a boring stigma. I mean, it's just like you're out there for like five hours and you're just like, it's hot and you're just kind of hitting the ball and all these guys are just kind of, like it doesn't look that fun. You hear about like you know whenever you know dads and i'm using that term very generally it's like no it's, that's it's, a, that's a great that's a great term it's an excuse to get away from my wife and kids and then you go shoot like a 100 and it's just like you and then i snap some of my clubs it's like this you're trying to get away from your family and then you're doing something you don't like like i don't understand why anyone wants it's to a play contradictory game, game it's a very the game in general is so back back ass words <laughs> sorry um it's just such a backwards game contradictory game like for example it's like if you want the make the ball to go from right to if you want the ball to go left like a draw like start right to left you have to be sw- you have to be swinging out to the right mm-hmm. and then it, so it's like it's it's like it's or if you want to hit a cut you have to swing left it's just mm-hmm. like and the face has to be the open relative to the target or closed relative to the target it's just like kind of goes against itself it's it's a it's a weird game but i enjoy it and, I, and after there, i'm probably gonna go popping it on the tv to be uh, yeah, yeah what's it called it's it's three o'clock i'm off in a couple hours uh so i'm definitely gonna go play play nine with the boys after this get there some uh, yeah, get probably have work tomorrow with fourth of july and everything. Nope. oh my god it's tomorrow f- no well, tomorrow uh, yeah no yeah no i was like i was like wait what <laughs> Oh, you're you're probably have off work. I'm just assuming it's yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. national holidays we get. But um, man, this has been awesome. We haven't even really like we we had a great time. We talked a lot of like the comparison contrasting between sport, uh, golf, and business, and then kind of just divulged into what the heck's going on with the PGA, which I'm cool with. That's a real conversation right there. Um, we never really got into you at Rutgers. We never really yeah, got no, into recruiting. We'll, we'll get there. I, oh, I don't yeah, think we can do we can right now. I think we're going to have to do this again if that's cool with you. Cause yeah, no, I would love to. I'm, but, I'm actually enjoying this. This is nice, uh, yeah. therapeutic, cathartic. Um, but definitely take, take, take those notes um, or yeah. like make sure you make sure you keep those notes on what we need to harp on next because the recruiting process yeah, is very, it's a beast of its own. It's really, oh man, is it stressful thinking I, I about usually, like. On here, I usually talk to um, uh, basketball athletes because uh, I know. I, I, it's a completely it's so much oh different. my god i can only imagine baseball it's and basketball so those recruiting stories a little bit of college football but more so on the lower level it's not so obviously much travel it is so much stress it's like and because it's the smallest recruiting class every year golf is i'm pretty sure it's like you only have like two seniors leaving or one senior three at most i mean some some teams have like five like four or five seniors but it's just like a bigger team but really it's like two to three at most per school and there's only how many d1 programs so there's only really like it's like it's under a thousand kids in the country are getting to play like closer to like 500 kids in the country are getting to play D1 golf, and then you're like in this kind of not mm-hmm. cult but in this awesome community of D1 athletes and it's just really cool and the the recruiting process is intense. I had to go through. I even like used a different resource to help me kind of get get on my feet to figure out how do you tackle this? How do you get recruited by a D1 Big Ten yeah. program? Um, 
I'm so, excited. To talk yeah, about it. we got to get into that. That and then college golf versus yep. high school golf. Oh my god, it's so it's so fun. I, I thought we were gonna get there, but we had so much fun talking about. <laughs> I can good. talk forever. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good, man. This was a blast. I had some fun. Hopefully, everyone listening and watching has enjoyed it too. But uh, also, just excited because you went to Rutgers, and so did I. We both graduated I, from there. I, so. I, I love I love Rutgers so much. I didn't even know about Rutgers, man. I didn't know what a Rutgers was. I didn't I, before before I was like, what's a Rutgers? And I remember I was like, I I just get a call from Coach Shooty in college birthplace of college football. You don't slander I, Rutgers like that. Man. I know, I know. I didn't know what Rutgers was. I, I'm sorry. I have family who live off of Exit Ten. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't even know how this lovely oh. place is there. And now Rutgers is like has such a spe- such a special place in my heart. I can't wait. I'm I'm hoping I can't wait to, for spring. That's more realistic. Spring 2021 uh, to get back to New Brunswick and get back to my house. And man, like. Have a good have a good last semester of my of my masters. I mean, it's 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 a great place, and I recommend everybody who's watching definitely check out Rutgers. Definitely have their uh, their children or whoever they know is looking into school. Definitely look at Rutgers for not only athletics but academics. We're an insanely good research school and an insanely well regarded school in the Big Ten. Uh, better than Maryland. Better than Penn State. May not be at at athletics, but academics. I can promise you, we have way more to offer. We're getting there in terms of athletics. And New York City is right there. Penn State, like, pe- this is a, this is a controversy, but I think Penn State's kind of a disservice to people because it's like you're out in the middle of nowhere, and sure you can connect with people over remotely and whatnot. I guess nowadays, but like with New York City being right there, it's just a cultural booming hub, and you have the shore, and you just have the people of Rutgers. And they're awesome. That yeah. That. Is an infomercial right there, and we appreciate you, Adam <laughs> Gray, former Division One golfer at Rutgers, currently with Virtual Force. We didn't even get to talk about any of that, so when we come on next time, we will working on investor relations and still enrolled at Rutgers for the in their master's program for communication and media studies. I appreciate you so much, Adam. Hey, Michael, this was so much fun. Thank you so much, Ross, Mister Ross. Thank you for yes. connecting us, you, Ross. Ross. Uh, yes, Ross is the man. Ross Kleinberg, KBG Media, um, and. Thank Shout you. Mark thank you. Yes, thanks, uh, Mark we'll, Beal, for uh, for facilitating we'll this. Yes, yeah, we man. need it. We really need to get a, get uh, get on another one. Anyways, thank you so much. I'll be in touch. Just shoot me a text or whatever. I'm always available. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, take care.